Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. I wish you would not call me Miss Armstrong. It seems so formal and stiff. When you are running such terrible risks to save me, please call me Mary and I will call you Harry. I think I heard you tell my father your name was Harry Blunt. That is the name I enlisted under, but it is not my own name. Men very seldom enlist under their own names. Why not? she asked in surprise. Partly, I suppose, because a good many of us get into scrapes before we enlist and don't care for our friends to be able to trace us. I am sure you never got into a scrape, the girl said, looking up into Ronald's face. I got into a very bad scrape, Ronald answered, a scrape that has spoiled my whole life, but we'll not talk about that. But I would rather, if you don't mind, that you should call me by my own name now we are together. If we get out of this, I shall be Sergeant Blunt again, but I should like you to call me Ronald now. Ronald, the girl said, that sounds Scottish. I am not Scotch, nor so far as I know is there any Scotch blood in my veins, but the name has been in the family a good many years. How it got there, I do not know. I almost wish it was dark again, the girl said with a little laugh. In the dark you seem to me the Sergeant Blunt who came just in time to save us that day the farm was attacked. But now I can see you, I cannot recognize you at all. Even your eyes look quite different in that black skin. I flatter myself that my get-up is very good, Ronald laughed. I have had some difficulty in keeping up the color. Each day before starting we have gone to our fires and got fresh charcoal and mixed it with some grease we brought with us and rubbed it in afresh. Your hair is your weak point, Ronald, but of course no European could make his hair like a native's. Still, as it is cut so close, I would not be noticed a little way off. Two or three of the Fingos had by this time returned, and in a few minutes all had gathered at the spot. Credit listened to the reports of each of his men, and they held a short consultation. Then he came up to Ronald. One of my men has found a place that will do well, he said. It is time we were going. One of the Fingos now took the lead, the others followed. A quarter of an hour's walk up the hill, which grew steeper and steeper every step, brought them to a spot where some masses of rock had fallen from above. They were half covered with a thick growth of brushwood. The native pushed one of the bushes aside and showed a sort of cave formed by a great slab of rock that had fallen over the others. Creta uttered an expression of approval. Two of the natives crept in with their asegis, in their hands. In two or three minutes one of them returned with the bodies of two puff adders they had killed. These were dropped in among some rocks. You can go in now, Creta said. There are no more of them. Ronald crawled in first and helped Mary Armstrong in after him. The natives followed. Creta came in last, carefully examining the bush before he did so, to see that no twig was broken or disarranged. He managed, as he entered, to place two or three rocks over the entrance. "'Good place,' he said, looking round as he joined the others. It was indeed of ample size to contain the party, and was some four feet in height. Light came in in several places between the rocks on which the upper slab rested. "'It could not be better credit, even if it had been made on purpose. It was lucky indeed your fellow found it. 
We found two or three others, the chief said, but this best. It is lucky those men came in first and found the snakes, Mary Armstrong said, for we have not got here the stuff we always use in the colony as an antidote, and their bite is almost always fatal, unless that can be used in time. Ronald was aware of this, and had indeed, during the night's march, had snakes constantly in his mind, for he knew that they abounded in the hills. One of the Fingos had taken his station at the entrance, having moved one of the stones the chief had placed there, so that he could sit with his head out of the opening. Half an hour after they had entered the cave, he turned round and spoke to the chief. The Kaffirs are hunting, Kreta said. Listening at the opening, they could hear distant shouts. These were answered from many points, some of them comparatively close. The news is being passed from corral to corral, Ronald said. They will be up like a swarm of bees now, but search as they will, they are not likely to find us here. Do you think they will trace us at all, chief? They will find where we stopped close to Crow, Kreta said. The dead leaves were stirred by our feet. After that, not find. Too many people gone along path. Ground very hard. May find some time mark of white woman's shoe, but we leave path many times. And after I carry, no find at all. Mountains very big, much bush, never find here. The chief now told his follower to replace the stone and join, join the others, and ordered all to be silent. Sitting with his ear at one of the openings, he listened to the sound in the woods. Once or twice he whispered that Kaffirs were passing close, searching among the bushes, and one party came so near that their words could be plainly heard in the cave. They were discussing the manner in which the fugitive had escaped, and were unanimous in the belief that she had been carried off by the followers of some other chief, for that an enemy should have penetrated into the heart of the Amatolas did not strike them as possible. The argument was only as to which of the other chiefs would have ventured to rob Macomo, and the opinion inclined to the fact that it must have been Sandili himself who would doubtless have heard from the messenger sent over on the previous afternoon to inform Macomo of the return of the band with a pretty young white woman as a captive. Macomo had, of course, been drunk, and Sandili might have determined to have the prize carried off for himself. Mary Armstrong shuddered as she listened to the talk, but when they had gone on, Kreta said, Good thing the Kaffirs have that thought. Not search so much here. Search in Sandili's country. Perhaps make great quarrel between Macomo and Sandili. Good thing, that. As the day went on, the spirits of the Fingos rose, and in low tones they expressed their delight at having outwitted the Kaffirs. No footsteps had been heard in their neighborhood for some time, and they felt sure that the search had been abandoned in that quarter. Towards sunset, all ate a hearty meal, and as soon as it became dark, the stones at the entrance were removed, and the party crept out. Mary Armstrong had slept the greater part of the day, and Ronald and the Fingos had also passed a portion of their time in sleep. They started, therefore, refreshed and strong. It took them many hours of patient work before they arrived at the edge of the forest on the last swell of the Amatolas. They had been obliged to make many detours to avoid corrals and to surmount the precipices that often barred their way. They had started about eight in the evening, and it was, as they knew from the stars, fully three o'clock in the morning when they emerged from the forest. Mary Armstrong had kept on well with the rest. Her feet were extremely painful, but she was now strong and hopeful, and no word of complaint escaped her. Ronald and the chief kept by her side, 
helping her up or down difficult places and assisting her to pass through the thorny bushes which caught her dress and would have rendered it almost impossible for her for her to get through unaided once out of the bush the party hurried down the grassy slope and then kept on a mile further the chief now gave a loud call it was answered faintly from the distance in five minutes the sound of a horse's hoofs were heard and in a short time the fingo who had been left in charge of it galloped up with ronald's horse mary armstrong was sitting on the ground for she was now so utterly exhausted she could no longer keep her feet and had since they left the bush been supported and half carried by ronald and Creta. she made an effort to rise as the horse came up please wait a moment i will not be above two minutes ronald said but i really cannot ride into williamstown like this he unstrapped his valise took the jack-boots that were hanging from the saddle and moved away in the darkness. In two or three minutes he returned in his uniform. "'I feel a civilized being again,' he said, laughing. "'A handful of sand at the first stream we come to will get most of this black off my face. I have left my blanket as a legacy to any Kaffir who may light upon it. Now I will shift the saddle a few inches further back. I think you had better ride before me.' for you are completely worn out, and I can hold you there better than you could hold yourself if you were to sit behind me. He strapped on his valise, shifted the saddle, lifted Mary up, and sprang up behind her. Are you comfortable? he asked. Quite comfortable, she said, a little shyly, and then they started. The light was just beginning to break in the east as they rode out from the clump of trees. They were not out of danger yet, for parties of Kaffirs might be met with at any time until they arrived within musket shot of King Williamstown. The Fingos ran at a pace that kept the horse at a sharp trot. It was very pleasant to Ronald Mervyn to feel Mary Armstrong in his arms, and to know as he did how safe and confident she felt there. But he did not press her more closely than was necessary to enable her to retain her seat, or permit himself to speak in a softer or tenderer tone than usual. If we should come across any of these scoundrels, Mary, he said presently, do you take the reins? Do you think you can sit steady without my holding you firmly? Yes, the girl said. If I put one foot on yours, I could certainly hold on. I could twist one of my hands in the horse's mane. Can you use a pistol? Of course I can, she replied. I was as good a shot as my father. That is all right, then. I will give you one of my pistols. Then I can hold you with my right arm, for the horse may plunge if a spear strikes him. I will use my pistol in my left hand. I will see that no one catches the bridle on that side. Do you attend to the right? I hope it won't come to that. Still, there's never any saying, and we shall have one or two nasty places to pass through on our way down. We have the advantage that should there be any Kaffirs there, they will not be keeping a watch this way, and we may hope to get pretty well through them before they see us. "'Will you promise me one thing, Ronald?' she asked. "'Will you shoot me if you find that we cannot get past?' Ronald nodded. "'I am not at all afraid of death,' she said. "'Death would be nothing to that.'" With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. "'Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... "'Has anyone seen the bride and groom?' "'Sorry, sorry, we're here. "'We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time.'" No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.